What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever podcasts are sold. Looks like the Blazers have completed their roster for the 2019-2020 season, adding 39-year-old Pau Gasol. So that's what we're, we'll talk about today. In the first segment, we'll talk about Pau, what he brings to the Blazers. Uh, then we'll look at what it means to be a 39-year-old player in the NBA. Spoiler, not a lot of dudes have been good at age 39. And in the final segment, now that the Blazers have finalized their roster, almost certainly heading into the season, we'll talk about what it looks like, what, what's, what's going on with this group. But first, let's start with Pau. The delightfully charming Spaniard is heading into his ninth, excuse me, 19th NBA season. He's also coming off a stretch fracture. He fractured the navicular bone in his left foot that caused him to miss basically the whole second half of last season. But, you know, dude's got bona fides. His resume reads like a Hall of Famer because he will be a Hall of Famer. Six-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA selection, two-time NBA champion, the only active player, and one of only 18 players in NBA history to have 20,000 points and 10,000 rebounds for his career. If that sounds like I'm reading a press release, it's because that is a modified press release from the Milwaukee Bucks. At least that last part. I wouldn't have looked up where he was in career points and rebounds. But that's meaningless to me. But luckily there's a talented PR staff out there in Milwaukee that I could copy and paste from. But Powell only played 30 games last year. First with the Spurs before he was waived in March. And then only three games with the Bucks. And his numbers were way, 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 way down. For the year, he averaged... 3.9 points, 4.6 rebounds in 12 minutes a game. He shot a career low 44.7% from the floor. Uh, First time in his storied career that he had an average double figures. In fact, not too long ago, Pau Gasol was like really good as a 37-year-old for the Spurs. In the 2017-18 season, he played about... 23, 24 minutes a game, and he averaged 10 points, 8 rebounds, and 3 assists. Like, he was a really useful, I mean, he started most of those games, so kind of a role player. Even with his declining uh, physical abilities, he his, he's just still so skilled. And he was really good. I, can he get back to that level, you know, t- two full seasons removed from playing at that level? Can he get back there? It remains to be seen, but he was, per you know, debatably deserving All Star. And as recently as 2016, like he's been good in his 30s. Um, obviously, he won those two championships at the end of his 20s, kind of in his prime, in uh, at, with the Lakers. And for my money, we might have to start a section where I just pick people's best years and call it "For My Money." Well, segment of the podcast, but for my money, on that team that beat the Celtics in the. 08 championship or 2010 championship excuse me uh he he was the best player on that team at least in the finals all all due respect to Kobe Bryant um I'll slander him real quick one of the 15 best players in the history of the league but Powell was the best player in that 2010 team at least in the finals they couldn't have won it without him but we're talking we're talking a decade later 
We're talking decade later, pal. Um, I'll talk about more in the second segment about what I think he can bring, but here's what I assume the Blazers targeted him for. I think some of it is an, it's an easy thing to say when players get older that, that they're being targeted for sort of, or being acquired for their mentorship, that they're going to be this great locker room mentor for the younger guys and that they'll bring this championship pedigree. Uh, I don't really think necessarily that's what the Blazers want. If that happens, that's a bonus. Uh, I think they're bringing Powell in because he's a guy who's probably more comfortable eventually becoming a third-string center later in the season. It's harder to bring guys in who... um, you know, think that they're borderline starters and say, cool, but when Yusuf Nurkic gets healthy in February, you might be the third center and just not play when the games get important. Pal Gasol at age 39, um, probably more easier, it's easier for him to accept that role. Uh, additionally, he's not going to rock the boat. He's um, someone who's played on a handful of NBA teams. Um, I can't off the top of my head, this would be his fifth NBA team. No, wait, sixth. I was forgetting the Bucks because he didn't really play for them. But, you know, he's played on six NBA teams. He's been around the league for two decades. Uh, he, he's, he's someone who will fit into the Blazers' culture just in terms of, of not um, being a squeaky wheel, not someone who won't, who won't demand playing time and won't, and won't demand the spotlight and all those things that um, other aging stars um, see Carmelo Anthony might have a little bit of trouble with. And maybe he'll pass on the secrets to winning a championship. Uh, one of the secrets to the Lakers winning back-to-back championships in 2009 and 2010 was that they had the best roster in the NBA. So maybe Powell will tell them that's the secret. Maybe he will be a good mentor. Maybe he'll teach Hassan Whiteside a few tricks and he'll instruct um, Zach Collins in the art of being a skinny person who's also a very good defender and really skilled offensive player. But if he doesn't do all that, I think if he doesn't bring those soft skills that you that people just naturally associate with 40-year-olds who are still in the league, he will be someone who is a who is a net neutral and no risk of him being a negative. Also, I think the big thing that Pal does is he becomes the he adds to the ever-growing list of, and this is TM, 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 Neil's guys. He is yet another Neil Olshay target who has joined the roster. Um, Blazers had a summer of chasing old flings. They traded for Hassan Whiteside, who they tried to sign in the summer of 2016. They traded for Kent Bazemore, another target in the summer of 2016. They also landed Mario Hazonia, a player that they tried to sign as recently as last summer. But he scorned them for the greener pastures of New York City before heading to the Pacific Northwest. And Pau Gasol, who the Blazers reportedly offered a two-year $40 million contract in 2016. Uh, I never was able to confirm the numbers on that. But I knew back then when I was covering the team uh, that that he was like a hot target of them. And I remember texting someone and saying, this can't be real. Like, Pau Gasol's old. Um, And they said, no, it's real. They really want him. You know, he, he's, a, he's a serious target. And then he was like, Powell was really good in 2016, 17, and 2017, 18 for the Spurs. Like, he was a really useful bench player. So it shows you what I know. Um, but they got him. They landed him. Neil's guys. Now at the veteran minimum, not $20, $20 million a year. But 
I feel like Neil's guys should be expanded because it's not just Whiteside and Bazemore and Hazonia. Uh, Neil drafted Al Farouk Amino eighth overall and then signed him with the Blazers. Uh, when he was a GM of the Clippers, both Chris Kamen and Steve Blake were on those Los Angeles teams. Chris Kamen and Steve Blake were early signings of the of Neil once he kind of got freedom to, to fill out the, the back half of his roster. And uh, obviously... Ennis Cantor, another guy on the list, someone who Neil offered a, a massive offer sheet to in restricted free agency and then later got him in the buyout market. He uh, he also outbid pretty much no one to keep Myers Leonard, a Neil guy. His own draft pick. Neil loves his dudes. If you are on Neil's list, he will find you. And what I'm saying here is, watch out Roy Hibbert. That max offer sheet you didn't sign in 2012 makes you a prime target for Neil. Stay by your phone, Roy. Mr. Olshay and the Blazers should be calling soon. Okay, so I've alluded to this a little bit, and that's what I want to talk about in the second segment, is Pau Gasol's 39 years old. What can reasonably be expected of a 39-year-old in the NBA? But before I do that, I want to tell you guys, you can make some money on Lockdown Blazers. If your company wants to reach an engaged audience, then your company's ad should be running right here on this podcast. To get your company connected with this audience, email me at LockedOnBlazersPod, that's LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com, or email Locked at LockedOnPodcast.com to get more details about increasing your business. Okay, so we discussed Pau Gasol, the, the Neil guy that he landed, we, and, and I talked a little about his, maybe the, the rumored soft skills that may or may not come to fruition, but... Is it reasonable to think Pau Gasol can be good? Like I mentioned, two two seasons ago, he was good. Like he was actually a good basketball player. Ten eight and three is is like a would be an incredible gift to the Blazers if he gives them that. But you know, waived by the Spurs because he wasn't going to play, and then on then inactive for the entire playoffs with a with a foot injury. Season nineteen. What is reasonable to expect from Pau Gasol? So here's what I did. I looked up on basketballreference.com, just a wonderful website that powers a, a whole ton of what we do here on Locked On Blazers. And I looked up at players who were 39 years or older, who had a PER of 15. That's a player efficiency rating of 15. 15 is uh, like the stabilized league average. Um, so this would be players who were at or above league average and appeared in 55 games after their age 39 season or in their age 39 season and beyond. It's not a long list. It's eight players. And I will read you those eight names right now. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did it twice. Tim Duncan had one season where he had a PR of 15 and 55 games. MJ did it once, and not with the Wizards. Carl Malone did it. Reggie Miller had a season. Dirk had a season. Robert Parrish, your boy, the original Chief, did it twice. And John Stockton had a season where he had a PER above 15 and appeared in 55 games. These are absolute legends, um, Hall of Famers. Pau Gasol is, um, you know, maybe not at the top tier of this list, but certainly should be considered in these guys' company. He is an he is an absolute legend, one of the greatest um, Spanish basketball players of all time, one of the greatest European players ever played in the NBA, and a surefire Hall of Famer. But the idea that he can be the ninth player to ever at his age, have an above-average 
NBA season and play regularly 55 games seems a little far-fetched to me. Um, not just because of the knee injury, but just because it's... If this was something easy to do, there would be more sort of role-player type players on on this list. There would be more guys who weren't like um, Jersey-retired-level legends on this list. Um, you know, Kareem and Malone and Duncan are, you know, some of the great longevity players of all time. Dirk is, is you know, was basically really good until he wasn't. And that's, I guess, what I want to say is my concern about Pau Gasol, is that he was really good, and I keep pointing back to that 2017-18 season. It's because I was kind of stunned how good he was during that year. I remember thinking that he was bad. Like I said, I remember texting someone in the summer of 2016 saying, Pau Gasol's too old to be good. And then two full seasons later, he's averaging 10, 8, and 3 and playing like half a, half a game. But a lot of these guys are good until they aren't. Um, with the exception of Karl Malone, he was really good until he just stopped playing. He basically hurt his shoulder that last year with the Lakers and then his career ended. Kind of the same way with Stockton, too. He just played every single game of his career and then his career was over. Whoop! Just like that. But I think it would be unfair to expect Pau to have a season that you would consider above average for for an NBA player. I think it would be unlikely that he plays and appears in more than 50 games. But I think where the Blazers are hedging here is that they don't they probably don't need him for that much. What they need him is a little bit of insurance if Hassan Whiteside isn't around uh, or isn't capable not around. I assume he'll be around. I don't think he's going anywhere. But if he's not if if Hassan Whiteside has some struggles, you have some insurance with a guy who's done it before. If Zach Collins isn't necessarily ready to play a ton of minutes at backup center, if Scalabissier isn't ready to play big-time minutes, Pau has been there before. He's a guy who has at least some skills and a ton of miles up playing at a high level. He knows, he probably understands his limitations and his abilities as, as well as you could hope. So while I think it would be probably irresponsible to think that Powell's going to join this list of Kareem, Duncan, MJ, Malone, Reggie, Dirk, John Stockton, and Robert Parrish. Well, I think that would be irresponsible to consider that a reasonable ceiling for him. I don't know if the ceiling needs to be that high. I think he could be a non-negative. You know, like if he came in and, and the Blazers were didn't hemorrhage points with him on the floor. I think you can consider that a positive. If he plays in 45 games, even if he appears in half the games and and the ones he doesn't play in are because they don't need him and not for injury, I think you can consider that a win. Or at least I think you can consider that a solid year for, for what you're investing at the veteran minimum for a guy. But I, I just, I want to list these players. I wanted to list these players to you guys because I think tempering your expectations um, around what a 39-year-old entering season 19 can bring is probably the most reasonable way to consider what Powell might contribute to the Blazers. So that's what I think Powell could offer. I think he could offer some somewhere in the 5-4 and four with an assist and half a block type of averages, you know, and I think you could consider that a good season. 
I'm not saying he's, I'm not going to predict his PER or something insane like that. But I, I, I think, uh, I think modest production and being a non-negative is like a, a good place to start with Pau Gasol. So I talked kind of about why the Blazers may have chased him. I talked about what Pau could bring. In the third segment, I want to talk about what the signing means for the rest of the Blazers roster. But before I do that, I want to remind you guys, when you're driving to work or from work or just around town, all you have to do is tell your smart device in your car to play podcast Locked on Blazers, and I'll be right there with you for the drive. Make it a part of your daily routine. Every time you hop in your car, tell your smart device, play podcast Locked on Blazers. All right, welcome back. Still Mike Richmond, still Locked on Blazers. So first, let me start this with a mea culpa. Um, before we hop into the Pal stuff, we've been we've been heavy on Pal. We're gonna stay heavy on Pal. It's Pal Gasol day here at Lockdown Blazers headquarters. But I have and I I did a whole mailbag segment for you guys, and I think I forgot Anthony Tolliver existed. That's my bad. My B on that one. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take the L. Um, totally forgot that Anthony Tolliver was on the roster. Um, have never met the that dude. Um, just totally slipped my mind. But let me say it now, Anthony Tolliver, faux show killer is a Blazer. I have confirmed it by looking at the press release sent to my personal email by the Blazers press relations staff. Okay, so here's what the Blazers roster looks like, including the aforementioned Anthony Tolliver and Pau Gasol. Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Rodney Hood, Zach Collins, Hassan Whiteside, Anthony Simons, Kent Bazemore, Mario Hazonia, Tolliver, Gasol, Gary Trent Jr., Nazir Little, Scalabissier, and eventually Yusuf Nurkic. So what does the Gasol uh, signing mean for this roster? The thing that really jumps out at me is it means that Zach Collins is just going to play almost exclusively power forward. Now, it might not always shake out like this. Maybe the Blazers go small and put um, Hazonia or Hood at the four and move... um, Zach to the five and, and they go and they go super small and they spread teams out and they got to try to go with um, t- to go full Nate Duncan on you guys super switchy lineup but adding Gasol and adding and having Whiteside on the roster um, and having Scal as kind of a break the glass emergency guy it kind of means that Collins's minutes if he's going to play a lot of minutes almost assuredly have to come at the four that was not something I would have predicted and mainly because the Blazers avoided at all costs last year playing Collins next to Nurkic it's just something that Terry Stotts did not do so creating a roster where Collins absolutely has to play the four particularly on the heels of him saying I want to be a center in the NBA at his exit interview strikes me as Curious, not meaningful beyond anything other than curious. The Blazers have made him a four, whether that's his preference or whether that was the plan all along. The roster looks like he's a four. Also, what this Gasol signing means to me is that maybe Mario Hazonia doesn't play a ton of power forward. I kind of thought that would be the spot, but it seems like um, Gasol at least is going to play some minutes in kind of an NS Cantor, you know, two nine minute shifts type of role. I don't know if Powell's going to play, you know, 18 a night, but I don't think he would have signed on to this team to be, to never, ever play. Like I said, he might be comfortable with not playing as much at the end of the year, having to earn those minutes at the end of the year um, when, if Nurkic is back healthy and all that. But I don't think he would have signed on to this team with the idea that he would never play. 
So that mean, that's bad news for guys like Hazonia to find minutes in the front court. It means Hazonia kind of has to play small forward. It also means it's bad news for Scal. Scal Bissier, you know, the Blazers didn't make him, they, you know, they basically said, you don't need to play on the summer league, sta- summer league team. We've seen enough from you. We know what you bring. There's nothing you need to prove in summer league. And then they buried him on the depth chart. Now, that's not a huge surprise. Dude has um, not exactly shown that he's this, like, star NBA-type player in his in his minutes with the Kings or whatever. Um, but uh, it's interesting to me, at least, or I guess noteworthy with the Pau Gasol signing, that this means that Scal is, a, is an emergency option at best. Um, I don't think he plays power forward. That seems unlikely. I think that's Collins and Tolliver and Hazonia pretty much exclusively and mostly just Collins and Tolliver. It also means, and I think we already knew this and I've discussed this a little bit, but it's just the final, uh, the final sign or the big sort of flashing neon sign that says the Blazers are going to let Amphrey Simons play a bunch this year. Uh, it was reported, and I talked about it on this podcast, that it was always going to be um, a center who the Blazers brought in for this last roster spot. And I had speculated, and Jason Quick confirmed this, that the Blazers are only going to carry 14 into the regular season. So they have space to bring in another backup point guard or, or veteran point guard as needed. But as it stands now, Lillard, Simons, McCollum are your ball handlers. Anthony Simons at age 20 is getting the keys. They're going to let my man drive. Also, what this uh, Gasol signing signals is a rest in peace to the youngest roster in the playoffs or whatever it was that Neil Olshay would periodically tout about um, his roster while ignoring that Damian Lillard was 28 years old. Kent Bazemore's 30. Anthony Tolliver's 34. Son Whiteside's 30. Gasol's 39. Um, that super young roster thing that uh, the Blazers would celebrate a little bit misguidedly is just not true anymore. Now this is a veteran group, a veteran group that made the Western Conference Finals and has dreams of getting back there this year. Will Pau Gasol help? Yeah, maybe a little bit. It's kind of how I feel about this signing. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Thank you guys for listening. Please tell your friends about Lockdown Blazers. Tell them they can get it wherever they get podcasts. That's on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, streaming on Spotify, or also available on the Himalaya app. Blazers roster is done. Blazers offseason isn't. As more news happens, you can find the analysis of that news when you need it right here on Lockdown Blazers. I'll talk to you guys then.